Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Talk <laughs> recorded live. It doesn't get any better like, over, over the years. But it also doesn't get any worse. <laughs> it's just what it is. Welcome to, five... every time. <laughs> Welcome to the Five Minute Major, the uh, April 5th edition of our show tonight. Uh, this is Nick in New York, back at you after a week hiatus. Uh, and uh, I've got the full crew plus one tonight. Uh, another special guest, we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, let's start with introductions. Mike Berg, how are you this evening, sir? Uh, I'm just doing peachy. My uh, uh, had a fun Easter with uh, over over uh, sugared children, so that's always that's always fun. Delicious. I love. I like children over sugar. That just sounds <laughs> terrible. I'm gonna have to edit that out. Uh, if, if you simmer them just right. Yeah. Jared Mason, sir, how are you? I'm I'm recovering uh, nicely from my ridiculous epic um, bar bike crawl yesterday. Yeah, what's um, the genesis of this program? What's that? How did this thing come to be? This uh, this event? Yeah, describe it's a, it. It's a yearly event that we've done for... Uh, the, the event's been going for seven years. I've, I've partaken in six years of them in a row. Um, a guy we know named Ted uh, decided to organize a big bike ride around St. Paul, Minneapolis, and we just hit up the worst fucking bars you can imagine in, in mini St. Paul. Um and they are. I mean, like, we're getting to the point now, seven years, where it's no longer ironic and cool to go to these bars. It's just sad sacks of shit in there. <laughs> and, and we're, like, a breath, breath of fresh air coming in and, like, all happy and, you know, having a good time and, like, 30 of us and 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 everyone just, like, glares at us. Like, we, we walk in a bar and there's that record scratch and I was like, woo! <laughs> so we may need to we may need to rethink some some planning of it. I don't know. It's it's getting a little it's getting a little too real. <laughs> but anyway, now, my thoughts bike kill, but yeah, we're you, biking. So how ugly does it get towards the end of the day? Oh man, yeah. There's there's a couple crashes here and there. There's a couple sabotages here and there. <laughs> um, especially you know the the more the more that that is consumed, it, it just you know. That's so, paid off. So, question, question: How 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 exactly do you prevent the ground from slamming into you? That was a great question that you asked. Of, you know, <laughs> I, I I'm not very good at keeping the the ground. Well, lately, I have I've been over the last several years, but uh, that has been a challenge before. Do you wear appropriate safety clothing? Yeah, yeah, like helmets, you know, for sure. I mean, there's no goddamn, like, waiver or anything, but, you know, these are, you know, real bikers typically, um, you know, ding-ding, not vroom-vroom bikers, but uh, they know what they're doing there. Who gets to play the role of Takashi from Revenge of the Nerds when they do the strike race? <laughs> <laughs> and well, they have to well, well, after every lap. <laughs> I love that. Okay, that's, that's doubles, by the way. Doubles, uh, what's going on in your world tonight? 
Uh, doing well, thank you. I had a really great day uh, with the kids and family for Easter. Um, opened the full-on, you know, the uh, constant IV drip of sugar and soda pop all day and uh, dropped the kids off at their mom's house uh, right before <laughs> I jumped on the call. So all was good. Well played. Like, sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> Excellent. And our special guest this evening, fellow Wild Extra scribe, gentleman, scholar, hockey mind, and all-around good guy, Ben Remington. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, how was your research today, sir? <laughs> Uh, it's not too bad. I uh, I hold myself up in my office right now to watch baseball, which means that my girlfriend thinks I'm either podcasting or masturbating. So <laughs> sometimes at the same time, yeah, say, not both. Let right. me know it's good. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So um, I believe that's the first jerk off reference of the season, uh, or really year, the calendar year. Uh, so with that, I think we should jump right into it. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's let's open up. We're going to do a couple uh, something a little bit different this week. We're going to uh, sort of go to around the horn and talk about uh, you know a topic that's that's foremost in each of our minds, and then sort of riff on that a little bit. And so we're going to start with Mike, and and we were talking before the show. Mike uh, made an interesting observation, I think a very, a very apt one, uh, about how, about this wild team and the sort of the degree to which. Uh, they are able to utilize momentum when they get it. And I recall a bunch of years ago uh, a, a, a fun essay written by the old guy who used to uh, come on uh, NPR, Frank DeFord. That's from my Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Talking about, being, you know, air quotes, the momentum and how it's, it's not really quantifiable or definable but that one, but teams try very hard to get the momentum, but then they could very easily lose the momentum, and then they spend the rest, the next amount of time trying to get it back. So, Mike, take us through your angle on this and what you, what, why, why you thought of it for tonight. Well, um, basically, this is twice now we've seen this wild team have, you know, ostensibly a winning streak. You know, granted the first one was only two games long, but you know where they've had you know, a winning streak playing well, and then they have a four or five day break and then they come out of it and they don't know how to play hockey. Um, you know, basically they, they come back and, you know, they just, they lose the first game right out of the gate. And, um, you know, the, the first time, you know, they beat Colorado two games and then they, uh, two games in a row. And then they had six days off or six days later, they played in Anaheim and that's when they, you know, lost two, two to one, then they, they basically started losing two games in a row, um, really couldn't get hot again. Um, you know, they had a couple, of, they won a couple in a row, uh, but they weren't really the team that we've seen uh, that can control momentum, control the pace of play. You know, they, they basically, they dominated Colorado the first two games of the season, and they came out, and granted, Anaheim and L.A. are two very good teams, you know, so we need to give credit where it's due, but at the same time, you know, they come out of this break and, and they're having a hard time. Um, and then, again, you know, here they they play, you know, they we beat L.A. 4-1 to one in on, on the 28th, and then we come back on the 2nd and we lose against the Rangers. Um, and, and the game against the Rangers, I, I think, the, you know, most of us who watched it, um, were you at the game? That's the only uh, 
I'm sorry, I'm making reference to what Mason was writing earlier today. Um, <laughs> um, you know, basically, you know, watching watching the game against the Rangers, you know, they they were struggling early on in that game to really get their momentum going. Uh, the Rangers uh, very wisely took advantage of that. They came out, they scored a couple of goals. They really put the Wild back on their heels, and the Wild had to fight and claw their way to get back into that game. Um, there was no level of desperation. It was exactly what Coach Mike Yo said was going to happen, where, you know, there was no sense of desperation until they were down by two goals, until they had to fight their way back into the game and, you know, really get back into it. I think against Detroit, um, they, they were hanging with Detroit. I don't think the Wild were really dominating Detroit. I don't think Detroit was really dominating the Wild. I think it was real back and forth. I think that game was a real desperation game for both teams. I think probably Detroit more so than the Wild. Um, you know, Detroit, Detroit is not fighting for a playoff spot, but you know, they they want to they want to get it done. They they want to you know ensure their position in the East. Um, you know, the Wild probably have a little bit less. Um, uh, what what do I want to call it? Um, urgency to their game, although uh, we may see that creep back in now that they have, you know, they're really back into a position where they really need to win games now, to, just to lock the, you know, to lock in their playoff position. Um, and and really, I, I think that I've seen this team really kind of swing the pendulum back a little bit the last couple of games. And doubles, no, I don't think there are any advanced stats that can really quantify that. Uh, it, it, I think it's just it, it's it's my gut. It's from what I'm seeing on the ice. It's from the ability of this team to control the pace of the game. They didn't do it against the Rangers early on. They did it a little bit against the Rangers late. They did it a little bit against Detroit. But again, Detroit was pushing back against the Wild. Um, you know, and and especially after goals, uh, this Wild team really needs to guard against uh, the other team. You know, pushing back and getting momentum. At, Momentum, um, momentum of its own back in their favor um, to maintain it. And so that's really, you know, what I've seen from this team lately. And, you know, th- this long, long hot streak that we've seen since the middle of January, I think we've really seen this team, um, you know, really thrive. You know, once this team is, is really hitting on all cylinders, I think they're one of the toughest teams to beat. Bernie, I'm a little disappointed because uh, if if we've learned nothing by this point in the season, <laughs> if you can't quantify it, it didn't happen. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. <laughs> it's a unicorn if you can't quantify it. I think unicorns uh, have a better uh, we have a better chance of quant- of, of proving unicorn existence than trying to prove a, a sports thing without the appropriate stats. No. <laughs> All right. So who's gonna who's gonna build here for Mike? Um, I'd like to add to that, kind of zoom it out even more, a little, little bit more of a macro take on the same thing. I, I completely agree, um, especially in that kind of you know in-game momentum portion of it. You know, we've talked about that all all season, where you know they they, they had to learn how to not uh, shit the bed after giving up a goal, and you know, obviously since uh, January fifteenth, they've they've been really good at not doing that. Um, but from a macro level, like this break, I'm just, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to say I'm worried, but I'm not worried at all. I, I, I'm this break that we had the four days before the Ranger game, uh, you know, could could be the worst timing. I, I think, I think this is a different team if 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 we had if the same team that was playing, you know, so, you know, earlier in the in the year that was just you know shitty. If I don't think that team would be able to handle a four day break like this. Um, 
they weren't able to handle it in the, the Ranger game, but that's a really good team. And they ultimately weren't be able to handle it in the Detroit game, which is another good team who is far more desperate than the Rangers uh, yet. So, And I would like to add, too, there that the Detroit uh, Red Wings, like they've got that experience of you know, crawling back and playing one of those competitive games in order to ensure a win. Um, you know, they've got their 24-, 25-year playoff streak on the line. So, yeah, I really do agree that they 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 played with far more desperation than we, we were. We're almost a lock, and, you know, the, the, I think that lack of desperation and urgency was, was pretty apparent in what in what I saw of the Detroit game. Um, I just, you know, I, I think I think Mike's point, too, uh, is, is great, too, that, yeah, it's not locked. We don't have it locked up yet, but... Uh, any any points, any wins we can get right now are really just kind of a sweeten the deal. And that loser point that we got was was pretty important if if it wasn't uh, too disappointing. Um, so I, I just hope that we we still have some energy left in this break that doesn't uh, screw us too much more. Just need to need to. Yeah, I, I don't think that 96 points uh, to get in the playoffs is ever really um, a sure deal, especially not in this conference um, these years. You know, we've oh, seen it no. climb. We've seen it climb from, like, you know, 10 years ago. It's like, oh, 93 points, you know, 94 points, 95 points, 96. I don't even – man, I, I, we could have a whole lot of – we could have a whole lot of teams with a whole lot of points that make the playoffs uh, this year So in the Western Conference. So I'm just uh, I'm just hoping that it's uh, – we you know, the break doesn't um, – really uh, screw with uh, any momentum we can build from a macro level. Now, I, one thing I would like to say is their other long break of the season was the All-Star break, and they did win coming out of that break, but that was against Edmonton. So, <laughs> and, and that, that was a slow build, too. I mean, they, they won 2-1 to one in that game. But then, and again, the next night in Calgary, you know, they only won one nothing, and it wasn't until the third game back that they really kind of broke out and they really dominated Vancouver in Vancouver. And the four-day break, the break prior to the Rangers was the longest uh, idle stretch they had since the All-Star break. I think that's worth noting. And yeah. I'd also like to make note of the fact that, you know, we're sitting here now, and I, I love the fact that we're sitting here now fretting that the Wild have not gone more than two consecutive games yeah. without at least taking a loser point in, what, almost three months since mid-January, whereas up to that point, we were sitting here going, Jesus Christ, these bastards can't even win two in a row from, what, two weeks before, like the middle of November, right? They didn't win two right. weeks. They didn't win two consecutive from mid-November through mid-January. And now they've they get points in almost every game since mid January. So I, I I like where we're sitting from that standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ben, you have anything to add on this one? Yeah, I think that I don't really know uh, what the effect of it is, but I think this is just kind of an emotional team. Um, they seem to high uh, we'll ride really high highs and and pretty low lows. Um, and we kind of saw it, you know, when, when we were going through the, the Kemper phase of the season where they would get down and uh, you just kind of see the fight come out of them. Um, and conversely, you know, now with Dubnik, you, you know, you saw the fight go back into them. So I'm not really sure what that means for the rest of the season. I, I don't know if it's a good thing that, they, that they're able to ride momentum like that or if it's a bad thing that um, they're, you know, um, 
easily you know able to lose it but it's uh it's definitely uh as we all know all too well it's definitely kind of a roller coaster team and that's uh there's just not a whole lot of um you know it seems like momentum consistency uh at times with them yeah i think um i i pretty much agree with what you guys are saying i mean uh they worked i i think that they had worked hard enough and amassed enough points leading up to this four day break you know, between January 15th and then, uh, that they could afford to have a couple of games uh, to try and get their mojo back. But I don't think it's, I don't think they'd worked hard enough to be able to afford more than a couple of games to try and get their mojo back. Now, that brings up a question, and let's go around to each of you on this, starting with Ben. Yes or no, are they in the, do they make the playoffs this season? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. Mace? Yeah, for for how many one goal games in a row and whatever you know that they've had, they're they're bound to at least get another loser a point or two at the at the at the least over the next remaining whatever five games. Yeah, I think they I think they definitely are. Okay, that was like 187 words. Uh, doubles. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't uh, get that part. <laughs> do I think they make it? Yes. I'm not gonna settle until it's signed, sealed, and delivered. They still have some. It's got some wood to chop, as we like to say in the business. Yeah, no, I I, I hear you, but I, I do think they're in at this point. I, I just the 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 math is is too strong in their favor, uh, and you know we're already talking about you know clinching scenarios. So my one word answer is yes, and then all the other bullshit uh, after that. So all right, how fun would it be to see the Penguins piss this all up and see Sid the Kid uh, out of the playoffs? I, I think I would throw yeah. some. Uh, I would take some satisfaction in that. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And they're three points. The Penguins are now three points behind the Islanders for third in the Metro, and uh, they are well ahead of Columbus for fifth in the Metro. But they're only they're tied with Detroit now in in uh, games played and points, albeit with one, the Penguins have one more uh, win in regulation, one more win overall, regulation overtime win, uh, and they have a three point lead on Ottawa and the Hamburglar. So. It, they could very easily, and they've lost three in a row, they could very easily uh, miss this thing, but just as easily so could Detroit. So it'll be interesting to see who gets the last wild card spot there in the East for sure. Um, oh, I hope it's go, Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. All it's right, so let's, hard. Go, let's go to Ben here. And, Ben, your topic <laughs> for the evening uh, is is to discuss and examine these guys that we have who are about ready or ready to come off of injury, and, and so that's obviously the Zuckers and the Cooks, and we, if you want to, we could throw Prosser in there as well, albeit he, although he came back last game. Uh, so take us through your thoughts on this. <clears throat> yeah, and we, we heard last, or yeah, late last week that Zucker was on his way back, and we also heard that Cook was on his way back, and, and that, that's fine and, and great, and um, you know maybe they'll see a little bit of time uh, later this week with those two late games, hopefully once we have the playoff spot wrapped up and, and nothing really matters anymore. Um, but my concern for it is, is in the playoffs and, uh, you know, the I guess the chemistry that we have right now with the lines that we have, I feel pretty good about the top three lines uh, when everyone's healthy, when Koivu's not scratching his cornea and um, <laughs> other random injuries like that. But um, I don't know. I'm just I, – I obviously welcome to have Zucker back, but um, – where do you put him? Do you, do you swap him out for Fontaine on that line? And then, you know, I, I don't know that that messes up the chemistry out, but, and then with Cook as well, uh, 
I don't know. It, it, his his play when he was healthy this year really was, I don't know, lackluster, I guess. There really wasn't a whole lot to it. Um, he shot okay out of the gate, and then that was about it. And uh, I don't know if he, you know, if he really even has a place on this team anymore. Just uh, I don't know if I even want to see him in the lineup for the playoffs. Yeah, you're you're amongst friends here on that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although yeah, we I wondered, think... we wondered the extent to which his lingering injury was hampering his play through the majority of the season. But nonetheless, you know, just just to look at his play in a vacuum, I don't think anybody on this podcast would disagree with you. Yeah, yeah I, with with whoever he would be replacing, with how well basically the entire team is is playing generally, um, compared to ineffective Cook, that is like. I think you you ease him back into the lineup by, you know, putting him on popcorn duty. Like he, yeah. he's a he's a reserve in, in my mind, because yeah. even when he does come back in, and then you know, like we've said before, like what's he gonna do? Like just grind out some cycles and. I mean, it, it, yeah. I mean, my question have that is, is uh, in in your mental uh, depth chart of the wild, is he above or below Sean Bergenheim? Is there I, is there a lateral lateral slot available? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's a tough one because yeah, I, the way that Bergenheim has played since we acquired him is, um, I would say is as equally as uninspiring as Cook. So, um, you know, I I unless I see something from either one of them either way in the next week, I I, I really don't give a shit between the two of them. I, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know that I, I want to see either one of them. I mean, I, I kind of like if you're going to plug Zucker in that third line um, with uh, Vanek and Coyle and, and then bump Fontaine to the fourth, I'm perfectly fine with the fourth line of Hollow, Fontaine, and Schrader and uh, just plugging guys in, you know, only if you absolutely need to or, or something's not working or whatnot. I, I, I just, you know, Bergenheim has not played well. Cook has not played well. And, and Carter is, he's okay, but, uh, and, you know, Brodzik is okay, but I, I don't know. I'm just not really. Uh, I think if it comes down to, to to Cook and Gerbigenheim, then you obviously, and we're talking about a playoff game, then you I think you have to go with Cook for the, the amount of experience he has. I know uh, Bergenheim has a, I guess, reputation for um, the, the playoffs, but I think we looked at that and it was like one good playoff year. Right. Um, so I, I think like if, if we, if we consider them, those two kind of interchangeable, um, and I, I think you go with Cook's experience because he can turn, he can turn it, he, well, hopefully he can still turn it on for the playoffs. I guess that's the best way to say it. And, and, and now one thing that I will say is that I, I guess I would, I would not object at all putting Zucker on a line with, um, Stewie and Koivu because Koivu and Stewart are so good at, you know, just banging down low and just, you know, pressuring the other team down low. And just to have a guy like Zucker who, I mean, the guy's a robot. I mean, he he just, you know, the first thought in, you know, through his circuits is shoot the puck, shoot the puck, shoot the puck, you know, and and it's a robot voice. Shoot the puck, shoot the puck, shoot the puck. I mean, I mean, he he's so good at that, and you know, he's so fast. I mean, he you know, he could move laterally from side from one side of the ice to the other, and, and just be you know, just move from one place to another so fast that 
you know, I, I think that that would be a very effective line. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Nino was playing on a line earlier in the season with Vanek, and I think that could, could be effective again, you know, especially with, with, with Coyle in the middle. So, you know, I, I guess I wouldn't object to seeing something like that at some point if, if that came down to it. I think we're looking at um, uh, Paula's playoff existence right now and, and starting and maybe beginning and ending tomorrow, maybe not beginning, but maybe ending tomorrow night with the final, you know, with sort of the answer. I mean, uh, I, when he, when he, when he's playing well, he, I, I feel, I still think he brings, you know, a, a great dynamic, you know, the, the hustle, the penalty killing, but he just, he's just been so inconsistent about it. And, um, I think he does potentially open a door to get, you know, to get one of these guys. Although I don't know if it's both of them, but back in and, you know, you know, obviously we were talking about the two guys, Zucker and Cook. You know, um, uh, there just isn't the rules. And you know, you think back to the to the scouting report on what Yo likes about Cook from based on what he said over the couple of years, and you know, it's board play and it's physical and his leadership on and off the ice and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like that's not really the team anymore though. You know, yeah. I, I, I kind of, you know, I, I like what the Bob Hartley's of the world have been saying lately about how we come at you with speed and four lines across. And, and, and I don't, I don't see cook really having the ability to play that game. It's really not based on how he was playing early in the season, his injury, notwithstanding, and you know, I mean, a guy like Miko can it brings enough other things that he can over that, that comp, compensate for his lack of foot speed. Uh, and then, obviously, as as was mentioned earlier, you know, you add a Zucker to that line, and all of a sudden, there's your speed element. So, and Stewart's not slow. So, I I, I agree with you, Ben. I, I don't know where Cook fits in at this point. And um, although although I am very excited to see what a Zucker can do if he can get back up to uh, back up to playing here. Yes. Yeah, and now, one thing that I, I'd like to add here is I, I do think that Schrader does some of the things that Cook brings. I mean, Cook is not a slow skater. I mean, Cook's a good skater. But I think that Schrader brings that as well. You know, and, and you look at this line. I mean, Fontaine's no slouch. Uh, we've, you know, you just said Stewie. I mean, he's got some speed. You know, you get you got your Zuckers. You got, you know, some of these other guys who certainly bring some of these elements. And, you know, you, you look at guys like Brodziak and Hala, you know, they certainly are not afraid to, uh, you know, get it in other teams' face. You know, I, I, really the only thing I think that Cook brings this team is, you know, someone who the other team has to keep their heads up when he's on the ice. But how much is that? What What is the value of that if that's the only thing he can bring if he's not producing these other things? Is that even the, the stigma anymore, though? Does that does that fear still exist? Well, I mean, when he's when he's hobbling around on his, you know, with his walker, I, I don't really think so. <laughs> well, I mean, like, are are other teams afraid of Matt Cook anymore? Well, Colorado's Colorado very maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, just a couple guys on Colorado, but they're well, not going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we talked about it earlier in the season that that when he was. That, that once he loses the will or the ability to play that game, he has pretty much no value to the team. And it looked for a long time like he had, you know, a long time being, you know, a couple dozen games, like he had lost that will. And so if that was more than the injury, if that was actual mental, you know, sort of emotional uh, decision-making, then 
then I don't know why anybody would fear him at this point. Right, right. All right, I, I can only contain myself for so long on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a new record for doubles not sauntering in and just being, all right, let me tell you guys. <laughs> Other teams don't fear Cook in the in the sense of, you know, the way they did Bugard would, you know, absolutely beat their face in. But it, there's got to be some, trepida- some trepidation about uh, – you know, a little weasel Bobby Brown from the Cobra Kai coming in and sweeping the leg. <laughs> <laughs> that that can't possibly go away with that jag up. All right, I'm done enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, oh, hey, ben, 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 did you get your did you get your working on the side? I'm sorry, Daniel. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I thought, damn it, I wasn't gonna say that. Shit. <laughs> what was that? Ben, did you did you get your shots in on this topic, or do you have more that you wanted to? Yeah, add? no, I, I think that's about. It. I mean, it, it's obviously a really fluid situation, and I think that these four games they're kind of like a mini preseason. I know we still have plenty to play for, but a um, pre postseason. Yeah, it's, yeah, really, it is. It's a pre postseason, <laughs> and uh, I think guys are absolutely auditioning for uh, playoff spots, at least initially. You know, if if it's if it goes well. Um, if it doesn't go well, we're going to see everybody. But if it goes well, I mean, you, you're you're looking at uh, auditioning for spots over these next four games here. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to Mason. Uh, Mason, no, I already, I already yeah, went. Not really. Kind of. I did. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> we're not talking about the floor, Mason. I have are nothing you, else. Are you you're done? That's it. <laughs> well, uh, you, you want somebody, to talk about. The, you wanted to talk about the four-day break, which we realize you sort of did. Yeah. Is there, is there more there, or are you truly tapping out? That's the, I don't have any more homework. Okay. Anybody, <laughs> else, anybody else want to talk about this team? Okay, wait. Here's a question for you, though. Here's a question. All right. All right. The topic of the four-day break, whether or not it was an issue or to the how much of an issue it was, um, is it is it – how long can we use that as a reason or not an excuse, but a reason or uh, as something that is impacting the team? It's two games now. You know, for, you know I kind of feel like, you know, they had they were playing well. Maybe the game was slipping in little areas here or there, but they were certainly eking out wins. And, you know, two back-to-backs in a week is insane, and they won all four of them. Uh, the break comes along, and, and, and they take a, a well-deserved breather and a certainly understandable breather, and then they come back and, and lose two in a row for the first time in a while. Um, I, it can't, it can't just be correlation. So how long do we give the, the, them this sort of four-day break? Is Oh, well, it's the four-day break. I think that's a great question, and I, and I think that they have no more time to waste. So there you go. There's your two warm-up games. Now start fucking playing like you want to make the playoffs. And um, and actually, you know, we should have expected them to be able to come back after four days and, and not need a couple games to get back into their, their flow. So, yeah, I think that's a great question, um, and I think we should expect that you know, hey, there, there's no more time to waste here trying to find your game again. It was four days. You know, come on. Okay. Uh, anybody have a build on that? Well, I think what we're looking at with the four-day uh, break let off, you know, being – or let down being – I think we're looking at maybe the opposite of it as a good thing going into the playoffs, that they have 
four games in, in six days leading into the playoffs, I, th- I think that could work, uh, or hopefully that would work uh, in the opposite fashion where they're playing a lot, whereas, you know, a team like the Ducks, which they may or may not face in the first round, only plays two games this week. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, just maybe, um, playing all these games uh, this week works in their favor. I would like to think, well, I wouldn't like to think, because I, I just don't like to think about the fucking Duck Wads, but um, <laughs> I think they're the kind of good team who, like, says four days, great, cool, whatever, and then they'll come back and they'll still be, you know, the good team that they are. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that's like a, you know, you, you, you don't you don't you don't really talk about like stupid shit like four fucking days off like uh, how how is that <laughs> going to affect the psyche of a team if if the team is a confident like you know badass team, um so maybe that's just kind of a testament to this team still growing into it into what it can be but um I yeah I I I agree and unfortunately maybe maybe that just means the Ducks are well-rested heading into playoffs and, I don't know, whoever the fuck they play, whether it's us or somebody else, I just hope they, you know, you know, are just killed on the ice. And somebody should sweep those motherfuckers for once. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and speaking of the playoffs, I mean, one thing that, you know, I I believe the the season ends on the 11th, which I believe is a Monday. Saturday. Yeah, and and there's talk of of being three, four, even more days off after – uh, before the playoffs even begin. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it, that's going to be a different situation. I, I think that's going to be a situation, at least this is how I'm justifying it to myself, so just let me have this, okay, um, that <laughs> what they're going to do is they're going to spend that time after the season ends, you know, practicing their asses off, you know, working as hard as they can to – no, to prepare because then, you know, then they'll have their opponent in mind. And I think that that'll be a different situation. But at the same time, part of me is thinking, you know, this is going to be a long break heading into the playoffs and they need, they need to be mentally prepared. So, you know, I, I think, you know, those are, those are two, two sides of that, that I'm thinking of, you know, going in, into the playoff break, you know, the break before the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. We let you have it. <laughs> Doubles. <laughs> what's the, the old time hockey read on this? I mean, is 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 is, is 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 there something to be said for you know a player on a streak respects a streak, or in, in hockey, or or are we just you know sort of over engineering an issue here? Uh, the Wild have not lost by, well, they haven't lost hardly any games. They got the most points since the All-Star break, and they have not lost by more than one goal, I think, since Moses walked the earth, so I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, that's cool. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to stay with doubles here. Uh, doubles, um, your topic for this evening Grandpa Doubles, is uh, some interesting uh, quotables that came out of the locker room last night. Take us through your thoughts here. Yeah, I, you know, I don't, I'll be the first one, that, you know, let's not read into too much and let's not get all excited and all of that. But uh, there were some interesting quotes uh, in the post game last night, um, especially as it relates to the Wilds' power play and lack of success 
on said power play. Um, apparently, Russo asked Suter after the game if they've worked, if they've practiced the power play enough. And apparently, Suter kind of gives Russo the eye roll and just says, oh, we'll leave it at that. And then Yo comes back and says, you know, hey, we spent a considerable amount of time in our power play. And so makes a point to say that they've worked in the power play so much that it's detracted from game preparations in other areas. So I, I don't really want to sound the alarm bell, but is there cause for concern there? What do you think? Uh, well, I think uh, I, I would hope that this team has set a standard of play. They've set the bar so high with their level of play but I would hope they find some frustration in the shortcomings of their game, uh, a few that there are right now. Um, so I, I, you know, maybe it's just some, I mean, they have to be frustrated. So I, I guess I'd like to chalk it up to that right now. I'm one for six from the power play last night. And, you know, obviously any, you know, any one more goal on uh, the five unsuccessful power plays obviously would have made a difference. But uh, hopefully it's just some frustration. Um, I, I really would like to see, and this is the only, this is probably the biggest thing that I could incriminate Yo on, is, you know, Dumba adds some life to the power play, going out on the first unit, out on the point, and I love the fact that it gets freaking Boom Boom Pominville off of the point on the power play. I call him Boom Boom because on, boom those, boom. on the rare occasions that he doesn't fan on the puck. It is a boom. Well, there's, the first boom is the puck hitting his stick. The second boom is the puck hitting his backboards. For the glass. Boom so. At what point, where, when does his stick break? <laughs> Every other. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I, I like Dumba out on the power play and gets Pommonville down low. And Yo's, you know, it's like they don't score on, you know, two or three power plays with Dumba out there. And he pulls Dumba off and you don't see him again. It, that just that proclivity to to stick with veterans and to kind of just go back to what's, you know, go back to Yo's security blanket, which seems to be veterans instead of, you know, youthful guys that haven't necessarily proven themselves but haven't, also, by the same token, really had an ample opportunity to do so. So, I said, I'd like to see a little more of that. But, yeah, hopefully they are frustrated with the power play, and hopefully uh, something will come together uh, as far as that goes. But and is, there, now, is, there, is there a degree of frustration, given where we are right now, that you would want to see uh, in the boys? I mean, I think it shows... I think it shows good qualities that even as well as they have been playing, that there's some frustration. Yeah. But I guess the, uh, you know, kind of the cause for concern is, well, let's not let that frustration, you know, let's try and keep a lid on it to the extent that it doesn't erode other parts of their game that are going well. I think yeah. the, the yo comment is kind of horseshit, like, what what other aspects of the game are suffering? Is it is it the PK? No, you, you know you're not suffering from not having time to practice that because of all the time you're practicing the the power play. Is it the five on five play? No, that's the only 
time we score goals. So I, I, I thought, I think that, you know, so much, there's a quote so much so that we're struggling in other areas or, or whatever the actual quote was. It seems to be, to be kind of inter, interview coach speak to me. Like, yeah, I just and, don't, I just don't buy yeah. that. And if they are practicing it so much, I mean, presumably they have to practice the penalty kill, and that seems to be going pretty well. So. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a surprise that the uh, practice power plays suck donkey balls too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, anybody else have a build on the uh, potential frustration emanating from the guys? Well, I I, I do want to kind of want to riff just a little bit on on what Doubles was saying about Dumba. Um, I have seen a guy like Alex Ovechkin stand on the weak side in direct traffic, and I've seen him do this against the Wild, and it you know it's a different kind of boom boom because it's just like it's you know he, he's he's telling the guys what to do, and all of a sudden they score. And Dumba did that two or three games ago, where he was standing on the weak side, and you could see him like you know using his stick and pointing at things, and the next thing you know, the puck's on his stick. He shoots once, he shoots again, and they score on the power play. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying he, he's, he's a great, like Ovechkin is, I'm not trying to draw that comparison, but I'm saying he, he's got a little bit of that in him where, you know, I, I, I would like to see a little bit more of that. And, and just to, to kind of, um, riff on what Dumble or what doubles is saying, you know, I, I think that, you know, it, the time has come for, uh, Andrew Brunette to, to kind of, you know, first of all, try new things, and second of all, get his shit together and get this power play working. Um, you know, I put it out there on the w, on the Wild Extra Twitter account the other night. You know, if, if the Wild even had an average power play, they would have scored seven more power play goals this season. And how many more wins would that equate to, uh, you know, for the season? You know, what, two, three, four more wins on the season? You know, and, and what what difference, you know, what a difference would that make as far as what we'd be saying about this team right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and let's be honest. Vision, let, let's yeah. be honest. Dumba, Dumba has ability to shoot the puck like very few guys on this team have. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he might he might be the littlest guy in the in the in the uh, hardest shot competition in a couple of years. And how many how many guys on this team have the ability to blow and pass the goalie from the point? Uh, I would say that is one. Yeah, but that's, that's not what that's not what Bruno has them doing, though. I mean, Bruno has them moving around the perimeter of the box and then trying to force one through to the weak side, the Ovechkin side, right? And, and it seems like the secondary option is to get Dumba to come over to the one-timer side and and set that up. I think the primary option is to get it down low and but but the one thing that I noticed last night uh, that that I, I want to get some comments on here. Is you watch the Wilds power play, and it's you know certainly the first unit is guys standing around, but then you watch the Red Wings power play, and there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of motion, and and they work to get two guys in front, and and set up screens or tips or or you know Parisi goals or whatever it is, and we're looking to get nobody in front most of the time, uh, at least that first unit, and just get that backdoor pass through. Um, you know, so I mean, obviously your power play is your power play, and when we're you know, despite what Mike's saying, I, I I don't see them changing it up at this point. Even though I think they should, oh, I no. would certainly I would certainly welcome it. Um, uh, but you know, I, I just 
how much time is enough to give to give and I hate to say it, but to give Bruno uh on the as the power play guy. And you know, I think Russo had a tweet last night that said Yo is you know, while the, the, the second unit was started a power play late in the game, uh, Russo tweeted that you know, Yo was Yo had the whiteboard out and was and was working with the first unit in, in anticipation of them going back out at some point. You know, and I don't know. I, you know, maybe he does that consistently. But if Bruno's the power play coach, then why is Yo doctoring plays? And is it because he said, you know, fuck this, and I've had enough? If I'm the head coach, then it's gonna, then it, then, then the buck stops with me. And if we're gonna go down tonight, then, then I'm at least gonna be the one that's gonna be drawing up the play. Or is it that Yo has been calling the shots the whole time anyway? As far as the uh, the Right. The, um, the the frequency of continuing to use struggling veterans on the power play. Yeah. You know, maybe it's maybe it's just Yo saying, "No, sorry, Bruno, you gotta you gotta use this top unit and right. do what you can with it." And Bruno's, you know, we we don't have insight into those, you know, conversations, of course, but uh, but nothing's happened all year. You know, we would, we you know we've. We've said we wanted more movement all all year as well, and you know it's just been beaten to death. So, and I, I did want to point out that the one, the one power play goal we uh, we scored last night was that uh, that uh, that pass deflection. <laughs> it was another. <laughs> it was another one of the or the specials. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> that was just a straight deflection from a shot. <laughs> it wasn't the stupid ass uh, high slot Euro deflection play that's two for fifteen thousand seven hundred fifteen attempts in Minnesota Wild history. Because <laughs> that's potato, so different. Potato <laughs> and, and 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 one thing that I did notice about that, Pominville did not try to one time that shot, or maybe he did try and he failed, but he did not. There was no actual attempt to one time that shot, and and I really think that that was part of the reason why that actually scored, why that actually got through, because he actually had to stop, think, and shoot, rather than just you know trying to break his stick on it. I think he was deflection the whole way. All right. Um... <laughs> my 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 brief topic here, and and we're a little heavy on time, but my brief topic is uh, the it has seemed, and I don't have anything to back this up other than sort of anecdotal observation, but it has seemed Coming. over the last not valid. Of, oh, <laughs> right, sorry, sorry, doubles. Uh, over the last handful of games, that uh, immediately after a goal, in particular one of our goals, uh, that sort of next shift bite in the ass occurs, and uh, that's not an awesome thing to have start creeping into your game. Um, anybody else notice that, and are we worried about that, and, and, and how easy is it for, uh, to sort of nip that one in the bud? I think that's something that I've heard of, that, um, that the Wild need, uh, that other teams will often try to swing the momentum back after a goal. And I, I think that's fairly common in the NHL to try to do that. But I don't think the Wild do a very good job of maintaining that uh, momentum after they score a goal. I think there's 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 a little bit of a holy shit we just scored mentality <laughs> that that still exists on this team a little bit. Uh, not not to the point like where we probably saw earlier in the year, but I, I think there, that it does still exist a little bit on this team where you know there, there's just a little too much elation and a little too much uh, patting themselves on the back that they kind of forget that, oh, yeah, there's still a game going on. 
I think that's a manifestation of just how hard they have to work to score, too. Yeah. Yeah. Ninny, I think you just found your, your next project of looking at all the goals that happened against the team after we scored in the first shift of the first minute, finding out who was on the ice, and then figuring out who is the worst put to put out on the ice after we score a goal. Good luck with that. Mike can help you with some Excel stuff if you need it. All right, boys, let's get to some final thoughts here. Uh, we're going to start with doubles. Uh, I am... Really, I'm just kind of throwing this question out there. I'm really curious as to how uh, Koibu's eye got scratched. Does anybody have any tracking reports on the whereabouts of one? Stephen Koibu. Harding Harding kicked him into a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Finally got revenge for all those beautiful passes. (laughs) Seems a little odd to me, and uh, Russo is kind of gone out of his way to mention that it's hap- that it happened off the ice. So I'm just a little curious as to, you know, what really went on there. That's my final final thought. You're you're just fueling the, the paranoia. You got some tinfoil totally. hat stuff going on. Totally feeding the trolls. <laughs> <laughs> the whole rumor monger. Okay. Uh, Mason, what's your final thought? Uh, I'm absolutely uh, thrilled for this entire week, not just for seeing how well these guys do, but um, maybe the best thing that happened, you know, last night was that we did not get that second point and we cannot, you know, um, risk playing Kemper in two, on Tuesday night in Chicago so we don't have to watch <laughs> Kemper. Um, if, if we have to get another loser point before then, that's fine with me as long as we don't have to watch Kemper. All right. <laughs> Mike, I'm I'm really curious to see how the lineup shakes out uh, the last couple games of the season. I'm real interested in seeing how this team, um, you know, really pushes themselves. And uh, be, uh, just to kind of riff on what uh, Ben was talking about earlier, I, I, I'm I'm real interested to see if if we see any more of Matt Cook or Sean Bergman for that matter. Hmm. All right, Ben. Special guest, we're giving you the uh, the uh, the glory spot here. What's your final thought? <laughs> I'm just really happy that baseball's <laughs> back. Is that is that cool to say? I'm, sure, no? go for it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, <laughs> sure. I, I'm actually my final thought is I, I uh, I'm, I'm regretting more and more each day that I'm not going on the Chicago trip with you guys. <laughs> I uh, I was really envious of of you guys um, going down there and, and catching the game even. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully you don't have to see Darcy Kemper, but <laughs> you're here. So, yeah, it should be a blast. And I'm also, you know, as, as Michael and too, looking forward to the pre-post season, as this week will now be known. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that just mean the regular season? <laughs> Is it, well, well it's a, no, it, it's, it's, it's not. Can, it's, 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 it's after like the regular a, season, before the postseason. No, yeah, it's, it's after you've clinched the playoffs. It's after you've clinched the playoffs <laughs> and before the playoffs. So no, we gotta, we gotta. Game, we got to work out a name for this. Yeah, the games don't count, but you start playing games before the, the postseason. Like and, the limbo season? And to that point, games are not going to count. I mean, we're six back of Chicago. Obviously, yeah. they're head-to-head. I, I, just don't, I just don't think they're going to catch them. That's a great point. No. That, like, you know, there, there's no it, – it, it's not going to matter at all except for getting, uh, you know, widening the, the berth on the whoever whoever's behind us right now, so. Yeah, and, and I hope they clinch at home on Monday, but that's, you know, whatever. 
It's you know, you know one thing uh, on that you mentioned that uh, clinching at home tomorrow night, last game of the at home game of the of the regular season. Boy, it's gonna suck if with all those damn Jets fans there. <laughs> <laughs> as, I was to, as I was driving to my aunt and uncle's uh, over Maple Grove this afternoon, uh, we saw a license plate, a Manitoba license plate with a Winnipeg Jets logo stamped oh, into really? it. God damn it, man! I had they come in so early. I have my boy take a picture of it. I should probably throw a tweet out on it. Uh, let's go down to uh, St. Paul early and uh, go to the Mall of America, eh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, one more final thought in an, in an ironic twist to what Ben was saying earlier after some of the uh, pre-trip banter that's gone on I'm, I'm showing an extreme amount of buyer's remorse to committing to <laughs> driving round trip <laughs> from uh, the Twin Cities to Chicago with these two you wanted to drive man so. you wanted, it could be a, a nice one hour flight <laughs> I, I, you know, I gotta save that thirty-five bucks that it's gonna end up netting me. So I'm just, I, I just can't wait for the picture of the three of you guys in the back of that little tiny motor scooter like they had in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> just what I think you uh, can't get any stupider. <laughs> I tell you what, if Kemper, Cook, Bergen Heimlich, and I don't know. Speedbag Carter, if all those clowns are in the lineup, I will <laughs> drive straight into Lake Michigan. You have been warned. <laughs> My final thought is uh, I read, you know, Russo put an article up today uh, talk, and, and start, starting off with talking about Vanek's shootout move, which was a pretty sweet move last night. Yep. Um, and as a goalie, I, it occurs to me that, and I watched the Vine of it like a thousand times today, but... Uh, <laughs> The around-the-world thing was cool. What would have destroyed me as a goalie, though, was he finishes his around-the-world thing with the stick, and then he pauses before he puts the shot off. Yeah. That pause, I would have – see, because in my yeah. goalie mind, I'm thinking he does the around-the-world thing and then shoots right away because I'm so mesmerized by the around-the-world thing that I'm just going to get you know, like, turned inside out. But the pause, and I'm like, oh, now what the hell is he going to do? And that, that would have just destroyed me. I mean, my, I would have been one giant hemorrhoid at that point. <laughs> um, maybe he's not going to shoot. <laughs> yeah, right. It is Vanek. Probably looks a pass. Wait. Oh shit. Uh, so my pressed, my final my final button. thought exactly is that given that he appears to need five or six things, including his security blanket and a warm glass of milk, to be perfect in order for him to get a shot off and score. Although he has obviously better. It's it's sort of shocking that he, that was his first attempt in the shootout all season. My like, granted, we're not. <laughs> Not a big shootout team. Uh, I think statistically, we don't we don't really go to that many shootouts. But um, but that that's sort of the ideal environment for him for scoring. There's nobody back checking on him. Uh, he can't pass the damn puck, which is not <laughs> right. So I, I I'm sort of surprised. And he's also a dead nasty sniper. So yeah. I, I think that that might have been a, a bit of an oversight. And now, granted, we have some of the, the most prolific shootout scorers in the league uh, who have obviously been ahead of him on the depth chart. I get that. Uh, but uh, I, I think that certainly uh, next year, uh, maybe I would like to see him get more opportunities on the shootout. All right, so um, schedule this week, really briefly, we have the four games to finish off the season tomorrow night home against the Jets, last home game, Tuesday in Chicago, Thursday in Nashville, Saturday afternoon in St. Louis to round it out. That game is on NBC, by the way. Um, 
This has been the Five Minute Major for doubles for Jared Mason, for Mike Berg, and for our special guest Ben Remington. This is Nick in New York. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back to you soon. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.